Dr. Michelotti of Helena Orthopedic Clinic grew up in Butte. My next door neighbor in Butte was the trainer for Butte High School. And so pretty much from third grade on, I was in the Butte High training room and that had a lot of influence on me. We get to care for people with everything from ankle fractures to hip fractures in older folks, elbow fractures or injuries in little kids. Most people come to you with a problem that most of the time we can fix. Hopefully we've made their lives a little bit better. Helena Orthopedic Clinic, now taking appointments at their new location in Butte. Hi everybody, it's Bill Foley. You might have heard that I am running for Chief Executive of Butte Silver Bow. I tried to keep that out of the podcast, but I am running to restore transparency to our local government and give the courthouse back to the people of Butte and Silver Bow County. Join me as we hold a campaign kickoff party at 6 p.m. on Saturday, January 13th at the Knights of Columbus Hall. Join me for some great food, music by my good buddy Sean Amon, and some great conversation. It should be a great time. That is 6 p.m. on January 13th at the Knights of Columbus Hall. I'll see you there. Hi, I'm Tommy Malott, a 2020 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means establishing moral principles and adhering to them regardless of peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means being a leader and not let others around you accept underage drinking or let anyone you know get in a car with someone who is impaired. It means pursuing excellence and not letting alcohol and drugs take that away from you. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. I'm Tommy Malott, and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are Butte Tough. Today's podcast is presented by Lescovar Honda. For the past year, I've been telling you how impressed I was when my wife and I bought a 2018 Honda Civic for our daughter. Not only have we had peace of mind sending our little girl on the road for college... We have had great service ever since. Recently, I decided I had enough of the gas guzzler my wife drives, nickel and diming us to death. So, we decided to go back to Lescovar Honda. We did our research and decided we wanted a Honda CRV. We met with John Davis one Saturday afternoon, and he showed us his inventory. We found a nice 2020, and we took it for a test drive and fell in love. Lescovar Honda gave us a fair trade-in for our guzzler, and less than two hours after we arrived, we headed home with our new CRV. We don't have to worry about this car nickel and diming us to death because it comes with Lescovar's incredible 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty. Yes, you heard that right. 20 years, 200,000 miles. The new car is great, and my wife even lets me drive it sometimes. If we only went to Lescovar instead when we bought our 2016 gas guzzler seven years ago. When you find yourself in the market for a new or used vehicle, do what I do and go to Lescovar Honda. Like me, you will become a Lescovar customer for life. Lescovar Honda is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast and the Athletes of the Week. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Not many people have done more to preserve history in the mining city than Jim Michelotti. Before Jim and his wife Margie raised four sons who were all successful athletes, Jim grew up in the McQueen neighborhood. 
He got to experience life in McQueen and Meterville before the Berkeley Pit swallowed those neighborhoods. He has been interviewed countless times for news stories, books, and movies. He played a prominent role in the documentary Resurrecting Holy Savior, which came out in 2023. Jim volunteers a ton of time at the Butte Silver Bowl archives, and he even joined the group of former Dublin Gulch residents trying to save the old neighborhood from British Petroleum and Butte Silver Bowl's plans to cover it with toxic waste. He was the one Italian amongst all those Irishmen and women. Jim is pushing for an interpretive museum in the old Dublin Gulch to honor the men and women from the old neighborhoods of yesterday, McQueen, East Butte, and Meterville. Jim was also a key contributor to the sporting scene in Butte, in addition to raising quarterbacks for the Bulldogs, that is. He was inducted into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame in 2013 for his work as a contributor, including the countless hours he spent helping Bernie Boyle turn the Knights of Columbus into a sports museum. After Pat Carney passed away suddenly in 2014, Jim was one of a handful of individuals who made sure the Butte Sports Hall of Fame survived. Really, it could take all day long for me to name all the great work Jim has done, and that doesn't even include the work Jim and Margie did in raising sons who produced so many great student-athletes, a few of which are currently on the Montana Tech football team. Yesterday, I met with Jim at what he calls his cave in his house. Surrounded by photos of his children, grandchildren, and the McQueen, we had a great conversation. Listen in to hear Jim reminisce about growing up in McQueen and the work he has done to preserve the memories of the neighborhood. Listen in as he talks about raising four boys and hear what it was like when he had one boy on each side of the Montana Tech Carroll College football rivalry. Listen in to hear how he was once part of a group that pantsed young John Thatcher and how he lived to tell about it. Amazingly enough, this really was a fun conversation that you do not want to miss. So here he is, Mr. McQueen himself, Jim Michelotti. I got so many questions for you about the McQueen and, and the old neighborhood of, you know, the McQueen and Meterville. But the first thing I got to ask you about is how have you slept all these years? Because uh, I was told this morning that you pants John Thatcher when he was a kid before. And, and after, I mean, of course, he was small then. He said he weighed about 90 pounds. Well, but if you, if you look back over... Uh your life and, and consider the mistakes you made <laughs> that would be that, probably the worst yeah. and I, and it was awful what we did to him and he was just a little squirt at yeah. that time he wasn't and he didn't evolve into the legend that is john thatcher no. until his 20s probably well and nobody knew he was gonna yeah. be the legend that he is and, and that he grew up uh you know but anyway we were in this convertible and somehow he got in it and the Rupert stand used to be near McQueen in in uh, in the East Butte, you yeah. know, and he was a victim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few. He's, he he told me that uh, I, I one time I got in an argument with him a few years ago, and I said something really stupid. Oh no! And I thought he was going to beat the shit out of me after yeah. after a basketball game. Luckily, he didn't. He's a he's a humanitarian because. Even at what he's what seventy six, seventy seven, probably. I'm Maybe not he sure. might be seven. He's. I think he might be closing on seventy seven. I wouldn't. If he wanted to fight me, I'm joining the witness protection agency. <laughs> I'd run for a cop or something <laughs> immediately. I don't know if a cop could help. He, uh, yeah, and he, you know, and I and I tell people, because uh, Megan, our the granddaughter, played with Chloe. You know. Yeah. So, I would take 
uh, ride with Chunky and John to like when they played Hamilton and, and yeah. or one of those places. And yeah. I said, everybody should take a ride with the Thatcher with those two because <laughs> after a while, you know, they're talking like uh, John will say to Chunky, well, we ate at the Mo Club in in in. Missoula, which everybody goes there, you know, because yeah. of the time. Who's the bartender there that uh, he's from Butte? He, yeah, he's, he, was, he came with a bar, I think, yeah. Uh, he's a, went to school with one of our boys. And anyway... Oh, yeah. yeah, I know, I can't think of his name. He's a redhead. But anyway, yeah. uh, he'll uh, John will say something to Chunky. Do you remember, and maybe you've heard this story of, of uh, uh, what happened with the Thatchers and Wayne Tinkle? I don't have you ever. No, heard I haven't. This is a, so John will say to Chunky, uh, you know, remember what happened with Tinkle in yeah. there, and so you you know, finally you come out of the uh, the Mo Club, and I'd say, well, what are you guys talking about? He said, well, Tinkle was bad mouthing uh, Butte in the Mo Club. And oh, wow! Would, and they were in there, and they went in the bathroom, and he continued to bath bad mouth Butte a, a little bit. And God, I, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but <laughs> Chunky just decked him. No way! Yeah, just hit Wayne Tinkle. Yeah, and you know how big Wayne Tinkle is? He's a big man. He's six eight or something yeah. like that. Cold cocked him really because yeah. he said I couldn't take uh, yeah. I couldn't take and they're, t they're telling this story and, and this is typical kind of story yeah. and some so Chunky's walking out and the guy's walking in and, he, and the guy says uh, have you seen Tinkle and he said yeah he well he's laying on the floor <laughs> and he, he knocked him down right? yeah him and, and and I said that can't be true you you guys do it and so we go on to the next Thatcher story but. Yeah. But well, yeah, uh, it, there were four or five of us in the car, and I think he, I think we ended up uh, leaving his shorts on. <laughs> but well, there's not a Thatcher story that doesn't sound unbelievable. But you know, they're a hundred percent true. Right, you could, they just can't make these you, things you, up. The fork sticking in Gene's head from Chunky, and you know, Gene yeah. chasing Chunky with the the wrong bullets for with the wrong gun up yeah. the street. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> I, like I said. You know, and I don't know. I know you've done some of the podcasts yeah. for with the Thatchers, but boy, the ideal place if you could take all this equipment and put it in a car and just drive to a couple hours with them. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, John told the story. He kicked Bobby Knight out of a boat on the Beaverhead. He, he did. <laughs> yeah, they were at a basketball camp or something, and Bobby Knight was kind of being a jerk to somebody in the boat, and John pulled it over to the side to get out. Well, and Bobby Knight did spend, you know, summers in Anaconda. Yeah. In that playing softball, yeah. there's so pictures of him. He'd intimidate everybody, but of course, God himself's not going to intimidate John Thatcher. No, or Chunky. <laughs> or Chunky, or, <laughs> yeah. or Gene, or Bobby. Or, and I, and you know, funny thing about maybe it, Mike. even even with our Megan and Maria, that have played for Chunky. Yeah. You know, he M Megan tells some stories, <laughs> of you know of, you know. Because Chunky is pretty straightforward, and if somebody's in play, you know you yeah. you know as the honest story. As they come. You know the story of him. Uh, they have the Chunky fine, you know, in the MHSA. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know about that one. Is this don't with you? Scott Manzani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know they go on and on and on, but uh, yeah, they're the 
you know, you probably saw him up at the Tech game. We're, we're, we're going to the Tech games these days because our Jamie, who, you know, plays football for Tech, his his girlfriend is that uh, Macy Mayor from... Uh, oh, really? Uh, and she comes, you know, I, I, I should be your... Get you get a job being your carrier equipment or something because <laughs> we have the three playing up there and their roommates come here and yeah. and girlfriends come here and so we we've uh, sort of got an interest in the the girls basketball yeah. program right now. And hey, I, you're I, in a I, prime location location for the grandkids going to tech. Oh yeah, oh, you come yeah. down here for a meal that's not from the school. And that's yeah, they come a couple times a week. And, yeah, uh, and their grandma's always. Yeah, I bet she doesn't spoil them at all. No, no, no. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we're lucky that they're that close. And they, you know, the transition from high school to, to college is not an easy one, but uh, they seem to be making, you know, they really like text programs, and yeah. Kyle Sampson is a great guy to be around. And yeah. So, he, you know, Mark just lives down the street. Oh, does he's he? He's up in the neighborhood. Do you know where the McCarthys lived? Yeah. That's Mark where. is in, and Kelly. Oh. Or either leasing that house or something. So. One my, he's one of my all-time favorite coaches, Coach yeah, Mark I, Sampson. He seems really. They walk by here, and yeah. you know he. Yeah, he's he's certainly not like his his father-in-law. No. no, not at all. I I used to uh, when I interviewed people as a sports writer after games, I'd use a tape recorder and later my phone record the conversation. Then you listen to them, get the quotes right. I would never use a tape recorder with Mark Sampson because you're trying to get like a two-minute minute and a half two minute tops interview. Yeah. mark sampson it was always a half hour interview yeah, one, never, <laughs> one question half hour yeah he's you know i and and you know i uh, yeah you i know you do all uh the research ahead of time with for the podcast yeah. it amazes me how much you know about the people you're talking to and uh uh yeah if you look back at my career I, I coached that one year at Butte Central. Yeah, I don't and you know. beat Butte High. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did research that. But I, uh, and Petrino, the putter, recruited, well, both Brian and John. Yeah. And the first thing he'd do when he was talking to him is I say, he'd say, I wasted a year on your father, but I'm <laughs> interested in you. <laughs> so you played up there for and, a year. And then he actually said to John, and John was in the interview with yeah. Brian. He said to John, "The only reason I ever recruited you." And, and John had a good career at Carroll. You yeah. Know, and I don't mean to dwell too much on the family, but he said the only reason I ever recruited you was to get your brother. <laughs> <laughs> he had a way with words, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He was. Uh, he was something. I. I never. He retired right as I was beginning my sports writing career. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. so I never really got to deal with him. I covered his last game. Well, if you, yeah, and if you go at the KC up there and listen to the, if Bart comes to, Bart yeah. Evie comes to town and all those guys that played for him, I mean, they worshipped the ground he walked yeah. on. But, boy, he was, he, he was an excellent, you know, I, I, my reason for not liking coaching was I just couldn't get into the X and O's yeah. like those guys did every every detail they talk about and i yeah. just, i just said no that's enough <laughs> and then we were just and Otto was <clears throat> the head basketball coach and we only had one car and Otto would pick me pick me up uh, on the way to to school and margie would take the car to st james she was interning there but uh 
Otto would say, you got to get out of this. You know, he could tell I didn't like it. And he, and he you know, you're, it's pretty tough to have a career in uh, teaching and coaching in the private sector. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, uh, I think Bobby and, and Paul are making a lot more money than I ever <laughs> thought about. Yeah, but, they, they've done all right. Yeah, they've done very well. And and so, you know, I, that's why I only lasted the one year. And now Putter was the head coach then, huh? Yeah, he was yeah. the head and and before games he he he'd get so nervous he'd throw up and Otto would eat two pork chops while he was throwing up. <laughs> oh, really? Was Otto a big guy? Oh, yeah, Otto yeah. was a a big guy, and Otto was a good basketball he, yeah. coach. Yeah, he, and he was yes. a line coach, wasn't he? In, in yeah, football? yeah. In fact, I, I would have loved to have met him. I I uh, went to a funeral in Helena yesterday uh, for Guido Buni. I don't know if you know that. Guido and I are cousins. I didn't realize that, yeah. Yeah, and anyway, him and Otto were really good friends. Really? If you go look at some of the pictures back when Sweeney was coaching at uh, Butte Central, uh, Guido and Otto were playing for Sweeney. Really? Yeah, so. Yeah, Sweeney's another guy I would have loved to have met. (laughs) You know, there's, I, uh, when I left, when we left Butte, and uh, Boeing was hiring mathematicians and training them in computers, yeah. so we lived in Seattle for two and a half years. John and Brian and Tom were both born in Seattle, but when Boeing had a massive dro- uh, downturn in the early '70s yeah. and laid off three fourths of the people that worked for them, and I was one of the last ones in, first ones out. Well. I went to graduate school in Pullman. Oh, really? And, the wazoo, uh, huh? And that's where I got uh, my my master's. And uh, Sweeney was the football coach. Oh, was he there? And Jankovic was the AD. Uh-huh. Billy Cords was an assistant AD. So it was all the uh-huh. all Butte people. Three Butte Sports Hall of Fame. Well, four <laughs> Butte Sports Hall of Famers when you count yourself. Well, yeah. And uh, I can always remember this one thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, I used to take the boys down and watch the Cougars practice, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was maybe in the spring. And our Tom, who, you know, was the one that went to Tech, was big and he was only like eight months old. And you'd put him on the grass and he could, <laughs> he could fat out, flat out fly on all fours. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, Sweeney comes over and he's watching him. You talk about X and O. Sweeney's yeah. watching this eight-month-old fly <laughs> on all fours. And then all of a sudden, he brings these five or six monsters over and says, watch this little kid. And, and I'm thinking, geez, now what are we going to do? <laughs> well, as it turns out, he says, now that's how you move on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> Using them as an example. Yeah, and that's I'll never awesome. forget that. And, and we got to know, we were lucky because Sweeney would have parties and we got to know them pretty well, and you know they would invite people who had some tie to be in Montana and all that. Yeah. Well, did you, what, what was your first college? Did you go to Carroll? I went to Carroll. Yeah. Because you got ties because you went to Carroll, worked at Tech. Worked at Tech. Kids went to Carroll. Grandkids go to Tech. You're you got to be one of the most conflicted men in in the world when it comes to the. To, I, the, to the best rivalry in the NAIA. When it came, when it comes right down to it, you hate to even go to the games yeah. because no matter who you run into yeah. they're going to say what do you 
you know, why are you wearing purple or why are you wearing green? Yeah. And and uh, so you just sit at one end of the stadium and hope that <laughs> that things go right. Uh, even even John now with his being uh, sort of the team doctor for both schools, you know. Yeah. It's I always felt bad for uh, uh, what you know the Eli and and uh, the Mannings mother oh, because. Yeah. The parents are sitting there just hoping that nothing happens wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're in that situation, but it was good. I mean, did you ever have them? You had them playing against each other too, because yeah, Brian and and Tom, and Tom. played against each other. Yeah, because I see the guy for that St. Brown. He's got Amaron St. Brown and Equinemius St. Brown. They're receivers for the Bears and oh, okay. the Lions. And him and his wife have shirts sewn together, half Bears, half Lions. I have a shirt that uh, is. Tech on the front and Carol on the back yeah. with their numbers on it, and uh, Tom was not a, is not a gracious loser, no. uh, not at all. Of, of our four boys, he he's got to be the toughest of the four oh, boys, all right, for sure. And yeah. uh, Carol just put it on him one one game really? when Green was there in an early part of his career, and I think the score was like sixty four to three. And oh, so really? We go out to dinner after. And Tom is just bitching about how bad the refs were. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, Tom, I, I hate to take a side with either of you, but when you get beat 64 <laughs> to 3, the refs don't really have a lot. They, they can make a difference, but not 61 points. <laughs> no. So, yeah. But he's, he's, he's a, he, you know, he graduated from Tech, Tom did, and, and he uh, has had a career. He works for the power company now. And, Oh, he's back in town. They, yeah, they, they lived out. They moved back here, and uh, he has a good job, and and he goes to all the games. And I think you know, Brian has to be neutral in his yeah current yeah position. he's yeah yeah have hundred percent neutral. Even when his kids playing, he's got to kind of be neutral when yeah, he was up he the capital. Yeah, he and he's pretty good at it. He's learned yeah. to be neutral. He's uh, pretty diplomatic. Yeah, he has learned. Uh, Mark. Mark even babysat those guys when we, yeah. but Mark taught, uh, mentored him pretty well, you know, and, yeah. he's, and in that position he has to be there. Uh, but uh, John has a tough time uh, with with the situation, you know, <laughs> even with his son playing for, yeah. for Jack, you know, yeah, so. Yeah, Dr. John with this. Carol had on. Well, you love him because, uh, yeah, when you had when you did the podcast on Brian, I I I think it starts out by saying, you know, which one you're not as smart as your brother. Yeah, John's a smart one because he's a Bears fan. Yeah, <laughs> which really isn't the case because, I mean, if putting but, yourself through that much torture and needlessly for thirty eight years is uh, not not necessarily something a smart guy does. Well, and 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 not only <laughs> a Bears fan but a Red Sox fan. Yeah. And, and you and him are like yeah. connected. At the hip, huh? Yeah, yeah. we get, we get along really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and we complain about the same things yeah, about our teams. He, yeah, he, it's well, they, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, we're 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 proud of the boys and and uh, they uh, right now. Well, you mentioned Jason when we were first talking, and uh, yeah, he he broke both legs and both arms when he played little league. Did he really? He had some kind of a of a rare. Yeah, he's been through a lot. Yeah, he his bone structure is not that good. He's he's doing fine now, but uh, he you know his immune system is gone because of yeah. all the uh, 
the all the treatments he's had and everything. Yeah. But we didn't even know. He just has he has a fragile, you know, bone structure. Yeah. And he was a pretty good athlete too. Yeah, he was. Oh, I was going to. Yeah. Each of the boys is on the the wall up there. Jason is in the top picture up there, and, and he and. Danny Sprinkle is the guy in the white shirt. Yeah. Oh, is that Danny Sprinkle? Right? Yeah. And yeah, I remember I found that picture on Butte Sports or yeah. on on newspapers.com once. I was just looking for something and I found that picture. And he and he, and he had Dave Jason was a Butte High against Helena High and yeah. and he had intercepted a pass. And Jason played for Carroll one year and in he wasn't too much into it. They, well, he, he wasn't as big as the other no. three. Well, you can see Tom's pretty good size, and yeah. Brian too, and and then John. If you look at those pictures closely, uh, Danny Mahoney is the one that's in the third one down with Brian. Oh, Danny Mahoney. And Kello is behind John oh, in the other one. That's awesome. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, they they all played in college, and can you see? You can't see Kello's white glove there, though. Can you? Did he wear white gloves? I think it is on his right hand. Yeah. You see, he's yeah, the he's like, the wide hat. Yeah, he'd wear the. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, John, you know they'd run John deep, thirty times in a row, and the 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 corner would get tired chasing him, and, and then Paul was the quarterback, and uh, uh, finally they throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> <laughs> they they liked sports. I mean, yeah. they they still are. Were. Too much into sports, especially with the grandkids yeah. and everything. Well, the two of them, their life is well. You know, Brian's life is sports, his job, yeah. profession, and in, in a lot of ways, so is so is uh, John's because. Oh I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not not just sports. He sees some of his old guys who are just got aches and pains and bad knees and bad hips, but he also uh, he, he you know works with Carol. He, he's a team doctor for Carol. He's yeah. He he's, does a lot of athletes. Yeah. Terrell, he did Terrell Davis's knee years ago. Yeah, he he actually worked on President Ford. Did he really? As a, he when he was in Vail, Colorado. Really? You know, because he went to that Stedman Hawkins for eighteen yeah. months, and Ford was getting no he, kidding. Uh, and and he 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 didn't work on him. He was with yeah. He you was know there. about that Stedman Hawkins? It's a yeah. famous orthopedic clinic, and yeah. uh, they were. Ford had something going on, and he says, "Well, what should I say to him? Just say you don't want to call him Jerry, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was his most famous patient. Yeah. If you ask him, about really? it. yeah, he must have been from falling down, right? Because that was that was maybe. Yeah. Remember the Chevy Chevy Chase used to do Gerald Ford on Saturday Night Live, and he would just fall down all the time because yeah, because he fell down the stairs of Air Force One once or something like that. And he was a good uh, John. He was a good football player, wasn't Gerald Ford? Yeah, he played for. Would he play for Michigan or something? Yeah, he, somebody big. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, John. I don't know if he made that story up, but I, I think it's true yeah. that uh, that was such a famous clinic, you know. That yeah, I'm sure they were looking at his that's pretty bad cool. knee or something. Yeah, Gerald Ford. Yeah, so yeah, it's cool enough to meet a president, let alone being on a surgery for. Yeah, a president. he said when I, when they yeah. were walking into the room, he said. What do I say to him? <laughs> Call him Mr. President. So yeah. I think one of the guys said. Yeah, yeah. That's you got to. It's always Mr. President. Yeah, no matter Mr. what. Mr. President. Yeah. Hey, Butte America. John Davis here of Lescavar Honda. 
We want to wish all of you a happy new year and invite you down to see our newest selection of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Most of our vehicles come with a 20-year, 200,000-mile powertrain warranty, and all of them come with free car washes for life. If you're in the market for a rental car, we have everything to rent from five passenger vehicles all the way up to a 13 passenger vehicles. Stop on down and see us, Lask of our Honda. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save 5 cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandas, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandas can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring you quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects, and ventilation and exhaust systems. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer of train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. For all your home heating and cooling needs, remember Lockmer Sheet Metal. Were you a good athlete? Uh, you know, I, we, uh, I wasn't a... a I didn't have any speed or size, but I played on good teams. Okay. Uh, you know, our our high school team played at Butte High and Butte Central had the state championship when we were seniors. And what year was that? That would be 62. Yeah. And uh, uh, we had a, you know, back then, the parochial system was a pretty big system. Yeah. You know, and we had was some, huge, yeah. We had... Uh, a good football team. I think we ended up. Hus was our coach, and it was seven and one. Yeah. And uh, we lost to Butte High twenty-one to six at Naranchian. Supposedly one of the biggest crowds Naranchi's ever had. Really. I, I looked it up, and it it it, it had the crowd at ninety-one hundred. I don't know. They must have had a bunch of people sitting on each other's shoulders. <laughs> well, well, Chuck Chuck Merrifield counted the ten thousand at the last championship game, but. I don't think he went one, two, three, four, five. I think he just looked at it and said, must be about 10,000. If you look at it in the standard, you know, that year, um, 
it was it was one of the huge yeah. ones yeah and then our basketball team got it was famous for the uh you know we got beat in the semifinals um from and the the uh the, the sentinel has that shot which resulted in the uh Lights being put on the on scoreboard. Brian was telling me. Oh really? We uh, yeah, that, that was, was in the Civic Center, and we lost by one in the semifinals. Uh, 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 you know, so we did have good high school teams, and and our Legion was. We lost to McNally and Billings, three to one. Oh, you, they, you played against McNally, huh? Yeah, yeah. How did you get a hit off them? No, I just. No, I didn't. I, yeah. and I, he I, must have thrown. That must have been incredible. Fat, how fast he threw. Uh, my uh, one of my friends, Bob Roach. We played him earlier in the year, and Roach got hit in the wrist and it broke his wrist. Oh, really? And I was on deck. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll don't just... dig in, right? <laughs> but anyway, back to your question. I think we, you know, we we had such a Butte had so many people, and uh, the Procure system. In 1955, you know, parochial system had 2,700 students in it, and wow. then they fed our 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 high school class had not had a, close to 192. No kidding. Yeah, at Butte Central. So, and the names like John Canine and, and uh, John Powell and and Mick Delaney played. We were he was a year ahead of us, you know, so. You know, Central had had a pretty good system, but you know, the worst thing that ever happened was probably to have to close the uh, grade schools. Yeah, know. that was that must have been hard. Yeah, that happened. I think in the late sixties, sixty-seven. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, because I would have been a well, probably St. Raymond's, because yeah. they my my dad was St. Mary's, and I grew up in the same neighborhood as my dad. Yeah, and Raymond's ended up with the, when they were the merger of St. Mary's and St. Lawrence, right? Yeah, 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 it was in the the old building. They had some good athletes up there, right? Though. Right next to the mine in the mine yard, I think it was actually. In. I remember a guy named Frank Dixon. I, I I don't know if his family's still around, but he was one of the 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 bigger. Uh, well, Holy Savior was the smallest grade school. It had really? about 150, but we probably had the best athlete that has ever come out of the parochial system. Yeah. And that's okay. Chooks. Chooks Kassoon. Really? Have you ever heard of... He would be, uh, you know, Russo's... Russo Batterman. Oh, yeah? It would be his grandpa. Oh, really? Yeah. He was a pretty good athlete? Oh, yeah. Because Russo's was, an amazing athlete. Yeah. Well, Chooks was... He's a D1 football talent, I think. Uh, yeah, I do, too. And I have been, you know... His his grandma's that sissy, uh, yeah. Batterman, and, and uh, I think he can play easy in the frontier. Oh, without question. But Chooks was about two ten, six foot, run a ten flat hundred. Really? Yeah, and he. That's fast. Yeah, he. That he, explains some things in it. Yeah, and he, and his real name was Joe. Chooks is a that's a pretty good nickname. Well, and and I found out what, how he got it. When he was a little boy, he was his family went fishing all the time, and he couldn't say hooks. Oh. So when he needed a new hook, he says, "I need a chook." Oh. And that's where, because I I didn't know they all had nicknames in yeah. between. You know. Did you have a nickname? Uh, no, no, yeah. I, I didn't. I but uh, his brother was named Baffer. Baffer. It was Bill. 
And you know, all the Patrices, when you start talking nicknames, you're going to... Yeah. You can come up with more nicknames. Well, I didn't know Don Patrice wasn't the original Moose Patrice. Because his older brother was Moose, and he started, I think, as Little Moose or something like that. Yeah, he, you know. I didn't know his real name for a long time. I just knew him as Moose. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He's he's probably on a plane right now going to Frisco, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we have coffee periodically. He's the. If you see him on TV, I've seen it a couple of times where. They'll cut to the crowd, and Moose is the guy who's telling everybody else to get up on their feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the he loves the Grizz. He, he, there's not a more dedicated Grizz fan no, than he, Moose. In fact, when they won the semifinal game, yeah, on that controversy and everything, yeah, he was on the phone when when everybody else was still yelping about the, the you know the two point conversion. Yeah, and. Uh, Getting his ticket, starting to look. He was for already tickets. getting tickets, <laughs> but yeah, Moose. He didn't uh, jinx him by doing it beforehand, though, because he knew that all the Patrices grew up in McQueen. In fact, uh, what did I do with that one thing? But yeah. uh, Moose lived real close to Holy Savior. And, did he? Uh, and he he remembers a lot about uh, the neighborhood and everything and that else. Was, you know, that was uh, you know I knew you were McQueen guy because I remember there was a. It was years ago you were putting together something about McQueen and you were on the TV news. Yeah, yeah, there's been a and, lot of stuff. And, and, and you know, with with the Dublin Gulch situation yeah. and all that, McQueen's been resurrected. And then they have the, that those two pictures, you know, that were in the church that yeah. are the resurrection and the ascension. Those are famous. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah. I, I like that, you know, because I knew, I knew of the McQueen, you know, I, but yeah. it's... I think when when I saw that you live there was the first time I realized what well, it's not really that old of a neighborhood, you know, because no. it was just just slightly ahead of my time, you no. know. The McQueen people were probably still in McQueen. I was born in '74. People were probably still in McQueen then. Oh yeah, there's yeah there were houses in McQueen, and and as it turns out, uh, I had two sisters, and they were both born in Meaderville. Really, my my grandmother who was a beauty. Had a boarding house there, and when my folks got married in 1936, they moved into the boarding house, sort of like what went on up at. Uh, but when they, then my oldest sister got, was born in 38, and my next sister was born in 40, and I was born in 44. Between my my second sister, and uh, uh, me being born, my family moved to McQueen. It was sort of a migration from yeah. Meterville, yeah. and I think Meterville was was uh, starting. Well, the pit didn't start until 1955, but uh, you know, uh, more of Meterville was gone. McQueen was still, yeah, uh, uh, hadn't been damaged by the pit back in the forties. You know, the pit did most of the damage to Meterville first, and then McQueen. Yeah. That movie uh, that they that came out this year, which I was they they I was surprised they sent me. They listened to my podcast with Fritz Daly, so oh, I sure. got an invitation to that the, documentary. Yeah, when they had the screening and they were asking for edits and stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, I I thought it was, it was great. And then I went to the saw it again at the Motherlode. Took my wife to when they had it there. Sure. Know, the day after St. Patty's Day, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, but that movie, I learned so much because. I never knew about the fights to keep it, you know, the yeah. the different things that happened. So then I, then I read that book, uh, The City That Ate Itself, which 
I, I didn't read it first because I didn't like the title. I judged a book by its cover. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, I finally read that, and I, I learned so much about McQueen, you know, Meterville, and and Walkerville had the big fight too with uh, Jimmy Shea, the mayor, yeah. fighting on the Alice, you know, fighting the Alice Mine. When I there. when I grew up in McQueen, uh, it was a self-sustaining neighborhood. I mean, yeah. everything was there, and and. In Didn't terms you have to of leave. Cool. You could just stay in the neighborhood forever. Huh? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, It was. It had its own grocery store. It had its own church. It had its own fire department. Uh, we, you know, we had had good experiences at Holy Savior. I graduated from Holy Savior in '58, and it was it was very functional still then. But then, as soon as you went, when I went to college at, at Carroll, uh, when I came back, you, they had started bulldozing yeah. and moving houses and and uh our house was uh actually moved from mcqueen to out by st anne's uh is it still there yeah so mm -hmm. you can go see your family home at least yeah it looks different because it's face you know but yeah it's definitely still it's probably kind house. of weird to see it though from in fact one of my point. one of my friends uh a guy named wendell pollard who you had may not have yeah. any reason to know um he was working and bought the house like they really? bought it back, and 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 had had it moved to where it is in its current location. Right. Have you, so you've been in it? No. No, you I, did just I, just seen it from the outside. I just seen it from the outside. I, uh, yeah, I'd like to go into it because uh, a lot uh, a lot of houses in McQueen were. Like um, I'll back up for a minute because you know the archives um, through my Italian lodge <laughs> are. are uh, or have hired a couple of graduate students to look into um, the history of McQueen and Meterville. Oh, really? And the lodge has minutes back to the 1870s, and they're all in Italian. So this one gal who teaches at the University of Washington has looked into it, and and she's done some research that sort of, you know, I've looked at McQueen and Meterville, the layout of them, yeah. thousands of times, and she pointed out that McQueen is more rows and columns. Yeah. Meterville is built by like villas in, in Italy. Yeah. And, and she found this one uh, little village in Italy that you can lay right over the top of Meterville, and it looks exactly the same. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I we had good experiences in McQueen. You know, uh, I mean, the... Uh, Friday night, uh, uh, Friday night uh, movies at the fire department, and they give you popcorn and pop, and and show a movie, and yeah. that and uh, skating rinks like everybody else had, and uh, uh, you know it was it was a fun neighborhood to grow up in. And even yesterday when I went to the funeral for this Guido Buni. Um, you, he had a picture of him when he was about 15 years old, and it's taken in front of his house on on Spruce Street, and uh, and you can I can remember I remember every house. You know. Really? Yeah, I, I I've done a lot of research on that, and uh, it, well, you were working on some like a virtual thing, right? One time. Yeah, yeah, and that's still in the works. Yeah. You know, I think technology. 
I, I wrote an article in, in the 80s about virtual reality when I was up at t- working at Tech. And uh, virtual reality was just starting then. Yeah. And now, you know, you, they have, I don't know what they call it, but, you know, you can walk through neighborhoods and everything else. And, when I, you know, the, the involvement I have with the, uh, with the Dublin Gulch group and all that, I'm a sincere believer. It might not be in my lifetime, but someday. And the article I wrote was that I'd like to just walk down the street in McQueen. When I, when I was in McQueen, my house was north and east, and uh, we used to go. And Holy Savior was three blocks down the street, yeah. and short blocks. But we would go home for lunch. My grandmother's house was only two blocks down the street from the Holy Savior, so she'd make me lunch, and I'd walk home and then come. And there was a, 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 a an ice cream store right between my grandmother's house and the uh, uh, and Holy Savior School, and I ended up usually having an ice cream cone on the way back. And oh. The ice cream cone was. Uh, was a nickel. No. Uh, but the, the people that own the ice cream cone, and it's my favorite Italian name, were Italo Pancrazy. That was his name was Italo Pancrazy. That and is an it, awesome name, yeah. It is. <laughs> I, I, uh, I wanted to name one of the boys that, and you know, I, I didn't have a chance. Yeah, for I, I was over three and trying to name my kids too. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a nice little ice cream parlor. You know, right yeah. on the way on. Well, the street of Leatherwood connected McQueen and Meaderville, and 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 you could go down, you know, down to Leatherwood, and at the end of Leatherwood was where all the bars were, yeah. that were in Meaderville. So, yeah, I can walk. So, virtual reality to me would be walking down the street, like I. In fact, I, I made a statement that someday I'll be able to walk down, Leatherwood Street. And, back to school and stop at Idolo's yeah, ice cream parlor. That would be pretty cool to do. I mean, and, of course, the technology now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you, can, you can take a bat, and, and that bat at Fenway Park, you know, against Roger Clemens. On, oh, sure. On that, yeah, you know. that's a good one to compare it to. But, yeah. you know, when, when you come right down to it, um, yeah, you know, what we're working on with, you know, with the, 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 the movement, you know, with the waste the, the, the dirty dirt and all that kind of yeah. co- conversations. I, I sincerely believe that it's going to be a reality. Uh, I was thinking about it because I do quite a bit of work up at the archives. There's so much stuff in the archives that never gets seen. You know, yeah. like those two pictures, for example. Yeah, two. I can't imagine what the the financial value of those pictures would be. I think they've been appraised at somewhere between twenty five and fifty thousand yeah. each. But uh, that's just just the tip of the iceberg. I I, I pictured, you know, and you and I have talked about this, uh, an interpretive center where each of the neighborhood would have stuff into it. You could go, I think it would be a real economic boom uh, with you running for, you know, a lot of people don't understand that concept. But I think we see so many people come to the archives and they want to, they lived yeah. in a certain neighborhood, and they want be, to know if yeah. we have anything on that neighborhood. Well, we use the archives does, but yeah. it's in the vault, you know. You just even 
just walking trails through the Dublin Gulch. Like, yeah. you know, if they cleaned up the, the yellow dirt that they got there yeah, and uh, didn't dump toxic waste on top of it, just just to walk a trail there, I would bring a lot of people every summer to Butte just to see that and, well, and have the Kelly Mine Yard open. Like John McKee would like to have a stage there on the Kelly yeah. for the folk festival. And yeah. That would be insanely great for Butte. I think it would be a real economic boom. And, uh, you know, like, like even the uh, Leonard Mine, I always wonder... Yeah. I was talking to Jim Keen the other day about the Leonard Mine. It had the richest copper deposit of all the copper really? deposits on the hill. It, the copper vein that they had in the Leonard was 65% in the, in Covalite. Is that the Leonard? Is the Leonard on that picture you got yeah, there? Yeah, the Leonard. Because Leonard is in the middle of, uh, middle of the pit, right? This is the Leonard right yeah. there. And, yeah, it's right in the middle of Meterville. And, and my dad, who... Uh, played for the Meterville baseball team in 1928. Leonard had a gymnasium in in the uh, mine yard, and they used to go play really? basketball. It was a lot like the KC's. No you know, it was just a little yeah, little gymnasium, probably no seating capacity, but it had a boxing ring and it had a basketball court. I mean, he talks about it like it was Madison Square. He used to talk about yeah. it like it was Madison Square Garden, but... Uh, I didn't realize I had a gym in the, in the yeah, mine yard. Huh? Yeah, and I can't remember which building it is. I think, you know, not that people could do There's it. a lot of buildings right, in that mine yard. Right, right, that building right there, I think, yeah. might be the... And, you know, the the, uh, the light that comes out of there uh, it was worth a lot of money. Those, really? Those are the ones that have the crystals inside of them yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, you know, you know, again, you wouldn't have to leave your neighborhood to go to work, walk to work. You yeah. know, most of the McQueen people that were minors ended up walking to the Leonard. Yeah, and then, you know, that's something that I never realized was such a big deal until talking with the Dublin Gulch group, like in Danette Harrington, talking yeah. about the women who lived in the Dublin Gulch next to each other. They, had a, they were forced to move. And they're scattered around the town. None of them drove. Right. They didn't have transportation. That just killed their social life. That must have been so depressing for so many people. And the same thing with McQueen, because a lot of people probably never had cars that lived in McQueen. No. Or at best, they might have one. Yeah. You know? And, and they took, the only place you took it to was uh, to the church and to the cemetery. Yeah. You know? That was the big trip. But, yeah, it, it destroyed that relationship. And even my... Um, my mother and her older sister, the my mother was a Barsanti, and you might have known Wap. I don't know if you ever had been exposed to him. No. Oh, he's he's a character. That's one of those nicknames we can't get away with anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? And, and then when you tell him, then you're in trouble. But anyway, yeah. her sister, it, who would be the but Joey the barber, Joey the butcher, Joey the butcher, yeah, would be. Uh, Joey's mother, but they called each other every night at seven o'clock to visit. Oh, really? But when they were living in McQueen, which is was down in the corner of McQueen, they were next next to each yeah. other, and they didn't have to call. They just walked across and yeah, and saw that. So yeah, destroy, you know, destroying the neighborhoods. Uh, for you know, like Fritz and I are very close, and and he thinks. They should be, pun you know, they're not, they're not paying their fair share. Or yeah, what. and I'm, I, I, I agree with Fritz almost a hundred percent on everything. 
Yeah, you have to yeah. because uh, uh, history says that you know, for one, they have the money to do it, and but they're still mm-hmm. going to do it. You know, and they made twenty-eight billion in profits last year. Yeah, British Petroleum. You, you know more about it that than yeah. I do, but when it comes right down to it. Uh, uh, they tried to move a lot of McQueen to the McGlone Heights, and it wasn't the same, you yeah. know. Hey, everyone. John Wick here. You might recognize this buttery smooth voice from the episode 81 of the Buttecast. Along with my wife, Cassie, I want to take a second and thank everyone for supporting 5518 Designs, our store at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte. For seven years now, we have made it our goal to celebrate who we are and what we enjoy about living in Butte and in Montana. At 5518, you'll find the latest in-house designed apparel and gifts that do just that. And they're all produced locally and finished in store. We also carry a wide variety of outdoor essentials from trusted brands like Chaco, Kavu, and Dakine. I invite you to stop in the next time you're shopping, eating, or even playing in historic Uptown Butte. 5518 Designs, 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte, and online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party, or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an old-fashioned or a pink mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial 5. You want to watch your favorite football team on Sunday, but it isn't on TV? No problem. Go to Metal Sports Bar and Grill and check out all the games. In addition to a full-service bar and a menu full of terrific entrees cooked to perfection, Metals also has the Sunday ticket. Kick back with some raised fingers, the best pizza in town, and a refreshing drink as you root on your team on one of 31 big screen TVs at Metals. Don't miss a moment of your favorite team with Metals Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is open at 11 a.m. every Sunday during football season. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. You know, I was at the city council meeting last night, the council commissioners meeting, mm-hmm. and there, there's a survey they're going to do to to uh, re- establish the southern border of Walkerville. And I can't believe there's like five of us in the crowd at this commission meeting. You know, uh, chief executive was had travel issues, so he couldn't make it to hear that discussion. But there's uh, probably... In a lot of places, the southern border of Walkerville is lower than what we recognize now. So there's going to be some houses that are going to be told, no, you're in Walkerville. And it potentially could go down like a McGlone Heights. Some of those houses in McGlone Heights will be considered Walkerville. And someone asked, is that going to be an issue between people when you tell people that 
you thought they were in Centerville, and now they're telling them in Walkerville, is that going to be an issue? And I'm shaking my head. Hell yes, that's going to be an issue. That's a big could, issue, yeah. Yeah, could you imagine, like, you grew up in McQueen. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're proud of that. If someone says, someone calls you from being from Meaderville, yeah. you know, those might be fighting words. <laughs> well, yeah, and most of the, you know, most of McQueen was like yeah. like Moose, the Croatians, and yeah. the Slovenians. And, and, uh, yeah, of course, there's yeah, the ethnic thing on that one. Yeah, yeah, and most of Meaderville was the italians yeah. you know but uh yeah that there's no doubt that uh you know those neighborhoods were destroyed yeah. and uh something should be i didn't realize that walkerville uh, being at a few meetings like yeah. we went to you know there seems to be some boundary issues there that yeah well they've never really surveyed the boundaries that well you know because the boundaries, a lot of them came off of uh, mining claims. Like mm-hmm. the southern part of the mining claim was a boundary, not just the street. Because I always figured Bennett Street, you know, north yeah. side of Bennett Street's Walkerville, south side Centerville. But they said the boundary is somewhere between O'Neill Street and La Platte Street. So there's potentially, a, you know, several okay. blocks of people who are going to be considered, could, could be considered Walkerville if the survey goes the right way. And they're pretty vocal about being Centerville, aren't they? Yeah, some of those people that, you know, you go to that Centerville meeting that, that, that yeah, well, Mary like, Carroll has, and she had the great saying at the end, I can't remember, we're too butte to be Walkerville or something like that. And so, you know, it was a great saying that she said. But yeah. That'd be, that'd be kind of, I well, can't wait to see this develop. Well, you know, McQueen, uh, East Butte, a lot of people don't know the difference between East yeah. Side and East Butte. Yeah. But, but, East Butte would be in the pit there, the East Pit now, right? There are a lot of it. Yeah, and East Butte was considered to be McQueen. Oh, was it? Yeah, but actually the way it grew north, you know, East Butte existed before McQueen. Harrison was one of the oldest schools in Butte. And that was in East Butte? That was in East Butte. And the first Little League, we were talking about that earlier, yeah. was East the East Butte, East Sot, no, East Butte, the Little League. It was really? Right, it was the first one? It was down between McQueen and East Butte. Uh, I played on that, on teams, uh, Little League teams in the uh, early 50s. Yeah. And uh, they came, they they played in the, in the first Little League field. I've never, I don't know if you ever looked at the Little League history, but... I think it was the the East Butte Little League field that the the Little League really? the whole the whole part of Butte that started. Wow. Yeah. So. And that, now that's all gone. Now it's gone, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the, but somehow, hopefully that that stuff we're working on will, uh, you know, the interpretive center yeah. and all that will. That's important to protect that and. That's when I've heard they were dumping in the Dublin Gulch. You know, I've I've been in the Dublin Gulch when we were younger. You know, we'd sneak through the fence and yeah, go walk through the place. You know, we weren't weren't supposed to, but uh, of course, how many people in Butte didn't sneak into a mine yard when they were kids? Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't live there. I just heard stories about it, and it just it set me through the roof that that they were going to consider dumping toxic waste there. And plus, it's pretty close to some houses, which is a well, big and they, deal they too. Did, the fact that they didn't advertise. Uh, public yeah. publicized that. No, that was all, all secret. Yeah, that made it worse. I th- I think you know, and 
and and like you say, you know, the boundaries for the neighborhoods were were pretty important. I have yeah. in, in in the bedroom there a McQueen baseball uniform, in a, in a, oh, yeah. and you know, and I and from the it, mine league teams. Yeah, yeah, from this in this picture, I'm about six years old. Oh yeah. So I it'd be oh, okay. late forties, and it's at Clark's Park, and uh, it's the picture is taken showing the McQueen team, and then all the people at Clark's Park, really? and, and you can almost go through and see every person uh, that you know, was watching baseball back in yeah. those days. Yeah, talk about something we lost, too, that was incredible, that baseball stadium. Yeah. I would have loved to have been there, you know. Like, my grandpa told me the year he he saw uh, Satchel Page had yeah. that barnstorming team come through, and, and he said he had all the – he had the catcher bow, obviously, was still a catcher, and he was on the mound, and he had the rest of the team sit between the mound and second base in the grass while he struck out the side. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know that was a big deal. In fact, my 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 dad played the picture I have of of Meaderville. It was 1928, and it yeah. was you know same situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I guess we're we're the ones that have to fight that. And yeah, I, and I and and I haven't heard anything lately what's going on, but you know, uh, I I think the more you the more stink you you raise, the the, yeah. the more chances it'll happen. Yeah, I think so. It uh, it'd be really good to to do that. You know, I think uh, of course they don't. I'm, they're going to fight us on every thing because they don't want to spend any money. Sure. I think uh, I think if you talk to the guy, you know, local people and the, the the Arco employees work in town, they'd be probably open to that. But they're not making the decisions. People right. who maybe not even in this country are, they, they, are making yeah, the decisions. Yeah, they could care less. Yeah. About uh, you know, and and this. This relative of mine that the funeral was yesterday, he grew up in the Columbia Gardens. And I mean, yeah. he's getting to the point that if you mention the Columbia Gardens, a lot of people don't even know what you're yeah. talking about. Now, in McQueen, in East Butte, were the closest neighborhoods to the Columbia Gardens. Right. If you kept going south, yeah. you'd run into East Butte. And uh, then if you went a little bit farther, you, the Columbia Gardens yeah. was out that way. Yeah, I always had a hard time picturing it because... Hopefully I said that right. Connie Kenny used to get on me for saying picture and picture. Picture, picture. yeah. But uh, I have a hard time seeing it in my in my mind because you look at that hill and you see the pit. You yeah, know, and you see cool. you like what's what's that mountain that's right above the pit there? That's what, well that they what what's the name of that mountain right there? It used to be called Sunflower. Sunflower yeah. Hill. Yeah. And, and that's a, dug right into that. You know, and the railroad track ran along the East Ridge there. Oh, that's railroad track there. Yeah. And it went through a tunnel right there. And yeah. it came out into El Park. Oh, really? And what we used to do, it, it ran actually behind McQueen. And it went real slow to a switching station, sort of above Meaderville. And that's where a lot of the yeah. the switching of trains went. Then it circled down where the, the Yankee Doodle Pond is now, circled right through that draw yeah. and came across. Well, we used to hook the train. We'd jump on the train. And ride it up to the where the tunnel was, yeah. and goof around, and then just walk back down to McQueen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and that was, uh, you know, we we didn't have any TVs or anything, so yeah, what were your, you par your parents would pack you lunch and didn't ask you what you were gonna do, 
but he, they knew that you were jumping the train. Yeah. And uh, nowadays, God, can you imagine if your if your kids were jumping a oh. train? <laughs> yeah, I. And it was going slow. I mean, yeah. it was going real slow. Yeah, but still, I worry about my daughter when she wants to go go to the movie and then walk over to McDonald's. My heart, yeah. be careful. Make sure you go with the light. Yeah, and this whole hill is gone now. The, yeah. The tunnel is gone. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a special time because I, when I'm showing, uh, when I'm showing somebody new to Butte uh, what it was like, I always yeah. go take them up to the, the memorial yeah, or to Grandma Yankee Do or Yankee yeah. Doodle Pond and and see the, this road here connected McQueen and Meterville too yeah. it was we used to ride our bikes on that and then go down into Meterville oh. now uh that movie uh, resurrecting holy savior mm -hmm. it starts off it's got was it Pauline and is it or was it Paul no it wasn't Pauline who was it uh, that was, was Moose? Uh, that, that was Karen uh Karen Matucci. Okay, Karen, was, yeah. Yeah. They, it shows them in Meterville, or, yeah. or in McQueen. Yeah. Because there's still... There's trees in there. There's trees in there, so you can see foundations if you look at the map. That would be about right over here. Oh, is that where they are? Yeah. They're, yeah, they, 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 that's sacred ground now, yeah, sort of. But it, it almost looked like they were in a different planet, though, you know, if you watch the movie, because it was... You know, because it was all wiped out, you know. Yeah, you and had the trucks running around yeah, and all that. Yeah, it just that. didn't seem... No, but and, I think there's a reason why those trees have been left there. And, yeah. and, and you know, the documentary, we went with the, the two guys that did it a lot, and uh, they would take us down in there, and, and even Moose and Karen knew, you know, exactly where. Yeah. And, and they have done some seismic activity the, that Jody and, and Dan... Yeah. Were, and and they think they have found. There's a real question mark on what was buried, if the if the bell from the church tower was buried, and yeah. they think they've. So they you know if if the, if this is where the the Holy Savior was, that they have actually dumped over it already. And that, that's where the church that where they buried. Yeah. And yeah, so that would be just a little bit north of the trees that you can see today. Exactly, and. Uh, yeah. What what basically uh, uh, the 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 you know you mentioned Brian Leach and the uh, yeah. city that ate itself. That's a great book. Yeah. Um, John took mine after you advertised I it. I, I told people I'd let you borrow mine, but I want he deserves the money for it. Well, <laughs> they, you know, that new bookstore across from where the Montana Power. Uh, oh, he has a the old books and books moved there. Yeah. Yeah. She. She ordered ten of them, and I got a call from them the other day, and 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 they're in. Oh, they, they are all been ate up, but you know, Leach did that work. I can't remember when he was working on his PhD, but that goes yeah. quite a ways back. Yeah, I think the book came out like in seventeen, or you know, seventeen. So, but I'm sure, you know, yeah. I think it was probably a ten year project or so that that book. It was. Yeah, and then it's a lot of work. you know, there's been a lot of work, especially these. I call them the Kelly boys because their mother-in-law, it was yeah. a Kelly. Oh, yeah. And and uh, they're married. They're married to her two daughters, uh, yeah. and that's and they just had an interest in their their amateur documentary makers. But yeah. They did a pretty good and job, is, really. Do they want? Is there gold to actually dig down and try to yeah. and get that out? Because I know, 
I, I, I wrote a column one time, kind of joking about when the pit overflows. Mm-hmm. And so I got an email from uh, the guys at the mine who wanted to educate me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they brought and 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 Mark Thompson and uh, and Mike McGivern did a great presentation, you know, which and I think I those sure. guys are great, you know, they're they really are. They're on the same side as us when it comes to clean up, you know, Montana sure. Resources is, is is an ally with the people who want to clean up because they they want to live here too. Uh, and they're not polluting like the 100 right. years of, of mining was. But uh, they told me that there's a huge vein of copper under what's left of the McQueen. And that's down the road for mining. Well, you know, the Leonard, like I told you, the copper in the Leonard yeah. was 65% copper. Yeah, which is really, really, oh, really yeah. high. Yeah. yeah, the guys used to take rocks home in their buckets that were worth more than... Uh, their day pay or whatever yeah. you want to call it but yeah i i'm not a bit surprised that that's the case uh yeah and then so i wonder there, if they could dig that up like yeah. carefully well, <laughs> you know the kelly boys have told told us that it's about fifteen thousand dollars to to do more seismic on that yeah and they can go down uh, a couple hundred feet yeah and and so that that's something they'd like to do they, yeah they, they are independently wealthy, and maybe they, but they're. I think they're trying to get money from from uh, the MRI and that yeah. to, to do that. That'd be cool, because uh, that that pitch the picture uh, picture. I better say, Connie. Yeah. You know, I, I, rest her soul. I, I love that woman. She she yelled at me once because it's a picture. Because uh, my pronunciation, you know, Butte Did guys. Did you have right? her as a teacher? No, she I, she just listened to me in the radio, and I had a similar job that she had. Her granddaughter yeah. uh, is our Jake, who went to yeah. Central and played f- football. Oh, there, yeah. Who works in Helena. Her granddaughter, Jaylin Kenny. Oh, yeah. You know, that's Tom, Riley's Tom's, sister. Yeah. yeah, Riley's sister. But Jaylin uh, is Jake's girlfriend, and oh. we see her all the time. She's oh, that's a, cool. Yeah. She's she's an accountant. A Helena. couple of great athletes who should have been Butte kids, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I always yell at those. I used to yell at Tom Kenny. He said, you, there's no reason you you shouldn't have those kids living in Butte. Go yeah. To Butte higher. Send Central. them and live with their grandma. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was with the, the Hawks uh, were at the funeral, several of them yesterday. Oh, yeah. John Maloney, you know, his yeah. grandson plays for the Grizzlies. Yeah. And same way with him. His, you know, the... the Julie, do you know which one Julie is? She's yeah. one she referees. Yeah. She was there. She's a good there. she's a good official, Julie. Yeah, she does a good job. But yeah. anyway, there's so many and uh yeah, yeah. I know with Connie, uh she probably wouldn't hesitate to I probably yeah. said picture wrong or something. Picture. Yeah. Oh yeah, she 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 went in and right yeah, we were just getting ready to go on air during our overtime with from Metals Bank. Yeah. And she came in and said, It's a picture. You know, <laughs> I, I sat right behind her during that, was it a triple overtime game that Tom Kenny played? Oh, in? the double overtime, the 99-97 game. Yeah, right? and she, and, and I mean, that, and the, who were the brothers from Living? Furch. The Furch brothers. I mean, that was yeah. a good foot basketball game. It was in Bozeman, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But by the time that game was over, she almost had torn her shirt <laughs> off and, and, and was just a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, so, so you get something for the picture. But anyway, the picture I was referring to is the one Walter Hennig took for the Montana Standard with a dump truck yeah. dumping on the Holy Savior, yeah, that's, Savior that's, Church, right? And uh, 
that it's a it's an incredible he should have won a pulitzer prize for that picture right but it's also i mean it's a great picture but it's so heartbreaking at the same time well and you saw that in that documentary where they yeah. went and interviewed the guy that drove the truck yeah that was doing that and he he it's haunted by it yeah he said he still has nightmares yeah how they found that guy i'll never know but the, those guys did a pretty good job of researching that. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, and they're, they, I don't think it's its ended. They, they no. really have, uh, t I think they talked to Mark Thompson yeah. about the seismic exploration. That yeah. They think, now Moose thinks that there's no way in hell they're going to find anything down there. Yeah. But we always, you know, we go to breakfast quite a bit, and, and we think uh, the Holy Savior was buried because it had so many trophies in there. Yeah, from the, from the parochial yeah. themes, <laughs> we argue with cover up the evidence. Cover, you know how Fritz is at the IC tournament. Yeah. It was the beginning of the Final Four. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to this Chooks Kassoon, if you go look at, and I have done this, looking at the paper back in the fifties. Yeah. The only team that ever won both the A and the B league in the IC tournament was Holy Savior. Yeah. And it, and Chooks played on both the A and the B team. Right. Yeah. So they buried that just to, to cover they the evidence and wipe it they, uh, they, there's, all, there's so much trophies down there that uh, that's what it's worth digging for. It's almost yeah. like, uh, what do you call it, you know, lost, the Traitors of the Lost... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders yeah. of the Lost oh, Ark. The Holy Grail. But that would was, be something. Could you imagine if they could dig that out and get into that? I mean, you know, I, obviously everything's got to be crushed, and but you could salvage some stuff and... Well, you know, know it'd be it, great to see. It's no different than the the work they do in uh, in Rome. Yeah, yes, in yeah, Rome. you're digging up ancient artifacts. Yeah, and, and these are when it yeah. comes right down to it. But you know, they're in that documentary again. They shut the uh, the Anaconda offices were in there, and if you uh, if you went into the Holy Savior, you got fired. Really? And took anything out of it. Wow. And I, I have one cousin who just took a shovel out of there or something, and and he he lost his job. Really? Time. They just they didn't want anybody taking stuff out of it. Nothing. Huh? No. It's the the lack of uh, the the lack of respect they had for history when they covered a lot of that stuff up. You know, even even when they turned the pumps off for the pit, there's people lost had their tools were down in the bottom of the, in the mines. Oh yeah, and somebody it, said a lot of times you know that came up in our meetings. On on the, that we've had recently is why don't they just dump the stuff down the shafts? Yeah. Well, I don't have an answer for that. I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah, there's probably a good reason, but. Yeah, and and Jim Keene, you know how he's pushing, just dump it in the pit. You yeah. Know, it's contaminated enough as it is. He yeah, it was funny when they told him that they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And he said, "That's the lamest excuse I've ever heard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says it's like I, he had some comparison of a teaspoon of salt to yeah. a mountain of it or something. Yeah, and it really is. It's, it seems like an obvious solution, but yeah, I, of course, you know, I'm not a I'm not a scientist by any stretch no. of imagination, though. No, but I do think that there's valuable stuff that got buried, and yeah. you know, and 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 uh, you know, Saint Helena's is never talked about. You know, that church is up at the mining museum up there. Oh, yeah. St. Helena's would be right here. Oh, they moved the church up there, huh? Yeah, the, it, it's right there in, yeah. in the picture. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, back to growing up, you know, it, it was a special place. 
Peterville and McQueen both. Hey, Butte America, Jeremiah Shields here at Lescovar Honda. We got some winter specials designed to keep your vehicle clean and looking sharp. If you're in need of a new windshield, let us take care of you and we will take $60 off of your next full detail. Short on funds? No worries. We've got flexible financing terms for just about everybody. Also, we are offering free windshield chip repair and headlight restoration with the purchase of a full detail. Remember, we offer pickup and delivery service as well at no cost. Because here at Lescavar Honda, we got you. Shop for the Champion Shop. Dig City Supply is now the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics, and you're home to everything or diggers. But that's just where we start. We've got Uptown's largest selection of Butte High and Butte Central apparel, as well as all the area elementary schools. And while you're in, be sure to check out our special line of gear that we call the Butte Icon Collection. We've partnered with some cherished Butte businesses and organizations to create some fun, nostalgic designs, celebrating all the awesomeness that we have right here in town. Wear your pride from Dig City Supply, the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics. Uptown Butte at 43 West Park Street and online at digcitysupply.com. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, high school athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the mining city. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. Oh look, there's another one. Your favorite tavern, neighborhood gas station, and video stores have all been turned into the same thing, a casino. At Crazy Carol's, we've been doing things the right way for more than three decades. So let me introduce myself. I'm Deb Dinius, the manager of Crazy Carol's Casino Mill Bar, where you'll always find fun in motion and service that sets us apart. Take a trip off the beaten path. Come on over to the hood. We're located on the corner of Walnut and Hayes, where you'll find the big red barn just off the shores of beautiful Lake Burke. And don't forget, Bucko the Horse is available for photos. At Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar, we're still so grievous after all these years. Thank you, Butte. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar. You already know about the Knights of Columbus Athletic Club, which is the best workout bargain in town. But did you know the KC also is home to JoyFit 406? JoyFit 406 is Butte's only boutique fitness studio offering indoor cycling as well as a rich variety of other fitness classes from dance fitness and bar to Pilates, strength and conditioning, and flow. Regardless of your fitness level, JoyFit 406 fosters a spirit of inclusion and community. At JoyFit 406, they believe in more than just fitness. They believe in building connections and friendship that last a lifetime. Join their vibrant community today where health, happiness, and camaraderie come together in perfect harmony. Your journey to a stronger, more joyful you starts at JoyFit 406. To book a class or to get more information, visit JoyFit406.com, like JoyFit406 on social media, and download the JoyFit406 app. Also, don't forget to book the renovated Knights of Columbus Hall for your party or reception today. The Knights of Columbus is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs here in Anaconda. 
Hi, this is Blake, sports broadcasting legend and Golden Tee Golf semi-professional. During my time as a world-renowned sports broadcaster, covering all 12,348 Montana schools over my 21 years on the job, I've seen and heard it all. But nothing compares to the Buttecast. Don't take it from me. Take it from a formerly employed disc jockey turned shrewd corporate shill. Tell you all about it. Hi, Paul Panisco here. Over my time in broadcasting, Blake is easily in the top 120 broadcasters I've ever heard call a high school volleyball match before. And forget about being the best voice ever in Anaconda High School streaming service history. He's also his family's all-you-can-eat buffet eating champion. Ha <laughs> ha! Embellishment is the word of the day, kids. And there's nobody who embellishes facts and figures quite like our boy Billy here on the Buttecast. Mr. Foley is doing a fine job letting all of us outsiders learn about the trials and tribulations of the second or third greatest city here in Montana, our baby brother Butte. And because he's doing such a fine job, let us tell you of another who does fine work in your fair city, John and company at 5518 and Big City in Uptown Butte. They can customize any wearable garments you can imagine, except the thongs and unmentionables Billy wears. That's all us here. At Anode Designs. If your company is needing embroidery in a jiffy, call on us here at Anode Designs. We know you can't get it in a week anywhere else, but we can. And all jokes aside, cue your Bears and Red Sox takes. That's no embellishment. The heartbreaking part of that movie was is well, Moose. Moose is very emotional. I tease him because we both went on. We were both on TV speaking in front of the. EPA and I said, yeah, but I'm the one who didn't cry, Moose. And uh, <laughs> but he's he's an emotional guy and it means a lot and it it, it says a lot about. I mean, it's, I think it says a lot about Moose's character. I think he's one of the best guys in the planet. But uh, seeing how heartbreaking it was because he can't, you know his his grand his grandkids are my cousins. Yeah. He can't take his grandchildren to go show them where he grew up. No. And uh, you can't do that other than maybe in virtual reality. But at least like the Dublin Gulch. But Danette Harrington could take her grandkids to that overlook at, in That's the con mine yard and say, yeah. right there is where my house was. You know, it's not there anymore, but at least she could point to it. And Well, you know, and I, I always make the comparison. We went to Gettysburg on one of our trips, yeah. Margie and I. And before they take you out to the battlefield, they, 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 they have a diorama and they yeah. explain everything that's happened. Yeah. And it's huge. I mean, this diorama would cover more than more space that's in this house. But then they take you out and said, "You know what they're talking about." Yeah. And that's and that's awesome. I would, you know, and I'm pushing hard for you know. There's that one diorama that Steve Luft did, uh, that that's downstairs in the archives. Oh really? Yeah. I gotta go check and, that out. And it has Sunflower Hill, and it has uh, he spent. His was a master's thesis that he he created this diorama, and that should be visible somewhere. In fact, yeah. I uh, who, I was talking to Eric, uh, you know, on the council. He oh, wants Eric. he wants yeah. to move it to the Make courthouse. It, yeah. It's about the size half of this room. What he did, that'd be and great. Showed the hill and it shows all the elevations. Yeah. And everything else. Yeah, because that that stuff we should. Yeah, it should be. be visible. You know and. And if I if I can do anything in my lifetime, I'll. Uh, so I would like to see that happen. You know. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. To do it, and uh, it'd be I, it'd be so cool just to, just just seeing that movie though was was cool just to see some of the pictures of the place and some of the the history of the fight. You know that. Uh, 
Yeah, and Tom Tom Holter, I loved how he he he, he kind of saved those. I still photos, I, the I, paintings. There's still a mystery as how who went into the school and took the pictures out. Yeah. And, he, and he, I think he did, and he just put them in a truck. Yeah. But you know, when we were up there the other day. They had a hard time put bringing them into the archives because they're too big for the doors. Yeah. yeah so, they're giants. That's what Ellen Crane said. She, sure, I'll take the paintings. She thought they were just going to be regular paintings. Yeah, and we're going to have them. We have a monthly meeting every Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, once a month on Wednesday. And I, I'm i going to, you know, my lodge doesn't have any members anymore, but they have quite a bit of money. And I, I'd like to get the process going at least to find out how you could restore those pictures to put them somewhere. I've had Father yeah. Beretta look at them, and uh, I'm sure it would be thousands of dollars to to do the restoration and then to put something to protect it. Yeah. But that they should be somewhere. I yeah. mean, that must have, when you found out that they were they survived that. That that would feel pretty cool for you because that was your church, right? Yeah, and I and you know the number of times that. We were altar boys in that church. Yeah. In fact, that I have my altar boy card over there. That's oh, uh, yeah. all the Latin that we used to have to say. Oh, you, you had to do you Latin. Weren't, you weren't an altar boy, I take it. I, I was an altar boy, but not in Latin. I was an altar boy for Father O'Sullivan. Yeah. Back at uh, Saint those, Saint Mary's Church. Those we every one of us that was altar boys had. That is incredible. Yeah. So, but anyway, I don't remember looking much at those pictures. Do you remember uh, any Latin? Oh, yeah. Dominus Fabiscum. I have no idea what it means. Ecum Spiritutuo. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, this is probably a pretty good collector's item. Yeah, that's really but, cool. Yeah, all of us that served Mass had to memorize that. We had no idea what we were saying, you know, yeah. but it was all in Latin, but... So we were on the altars, and we could have looked left and right and saw those two pictures every time we were serving the mass. Yeah. So you, when you found, how, when was it that you found out? About twenty ten? Is that when? You mean the pictures that they, that painting survived? Did you? Yeah, I guess so. I've been on up the archives for quite a bit. I don't remember because you were you 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 found out probably the same time Ellen got the paintings, right? That's when you yeah. found out. And I thought they could be put somewhere because that's the happy ending of that movie. Did not to give. The, you can buy the movie at the at the, the DVD at the archives now, by the way. Yeah, but yeah. that those paintings are there. Is, you know, it, it was gives you a little hope. What was fascinating to me when we had we just showed that film up there again, you know. Yeah. And I took, I went downstairs with John Amy. Everybody else was upstairs, yeah. and I watched how he does his little little. Yeah. blurb you know and he sets this camera up at one end and, and then he pointed them at the pictures and i kid you not he must have walked 25 times yeah. putting the script together yeah and he started out by he's saying, such a character saying something like the holy savior in meterville and then he'd stop and say no that's not right and then, yeah <laughs> but he finally got it right and and he said that's a that's a take or something, <laughs> but he I, he walked back and forth from the camera to the pic from the pictures to the camera, at least twenty times. Yeah. Did you see his report last night when he did the, 
work, the auto mechanic thing. Yeah. And he sees this mallet, <laughs> he hammers it, and he goes, well, I think I just made that worse because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that, that was a, he, he does great reports. Yeah, yeah he's a, he, I, I watch the news just to see John Amy reports. Yeah, and, he, and he's the only thing we have about Butte, but I mean, even that two-year program that he talked about the other night. Yeah. Uh, last night, I guess it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, he does a great job. Yeah, he's... And, and he's Fritz good. actually contacted him the day we had... You know, the, it was a brown bag lunch last brown week. Brown bag, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was that was great to see. Yeah, you probably have quite a few dealings with him, with John. Yeah, well, we worked together for a long time at the Standard. Yeah, and he was uh, he was the reason I knew I wasn't the worst softball player on our team because I knew I, I knew I was better than John Amy. <laughs> yeah, he does not look like he's. Uh, he, he got bloody almost every game. He played catcher and he'd run into the fence trying to catch pop ups. Oh my God! Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, he, he's an actor. There's, yeah, he was in that yeah. movie, wasn't he? That they had at the Motherload. Yeah, and he's been in in plays and stuff, and he sings and he writes songs. He's he's just an amazing guy. Yeah, I thank God for John Amy. That's yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, he he came to Butte and he just he's never leaving. You know, he was he's, he's from he grew up in Michigan and and, and Louisiana. And he has family, doesn't he? Or no? Yeah, he just he got married. Uh, a few years ago. The other guy that's really interesting in our group is uh, um, uh, Irish Johnny. Oh, I, yeah, he's a character. <laughs> I, I really like Irish His Johnny. His heart's in the right place. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Jeff Hartwick tried to make him a Bears fan. Oh, and yeah. then he saw the Cowboys and saw the cheerleaders they had, and now he's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, yeah, that's not a hard decision to make. <laughs> no, the Bears don't have cheerleaders. <laughs> they don't? No, they... they, they uh, I don't no, think they do. No, in 1985, they got rid of the cheerleaders. The year that they wanted, they, they didn't have cheerleaders. Yeah. Because the McCaskies were didn't want to pay them anymore. They paid them fifteen dollars a game. Oh, jeez. And the McCaskies cut that out. That's how. You cheap know, they and are. with the KC trip we went on when we went to Notre Dame, Green Bay, and uh, Chicago, I the the Bear Stadium was the neatest of all the stadiums. Was it? And yeah. they're trying to build a new one now. Oh, they are. Yeah. But I, the seats were there. Every, the, I don't, uh, there wasn't a single person except us who had, we didn't have bear jerseys yeah. on, but every person in the stadium had a bear jersey on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was one of Bernie Boyle's uh, trip of a lifetime. That he's yeah. got. He's got a bunch of those pictures. He's got like trip of a lifetime. I think they're on four maybe now. Four, that was four, three games in four days. Yeah. And what a great trip that was! Oh, were you there? No, no, I, 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 I couldn't go to then because I was working as a sports writer. Today, if he has another one of those, I'm jumping on that for sure. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's. It's hard for him because he's like a teacher with the kids. He has to count everybody. And, <laughs> and on, at one point, and you probably know this, we lost Bob and Mary Rawlings in. Oh, did you? In, in South Bend. Are you lost Rollo? <laughs> yeah, and and they didn't have a phone. And somehow we moved the bus, and, and they, and we couldn't find them, and drove all over uh, Notre Dame campus, and finally somebody said, "There's a couple chasing uh, the bus," uh, <laughs> and it was Bob and Mary. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, well, and and you bring up Bernie, of course. Bernie's one of my favorite people in the world, for sure. You know, he's done so much for, for so many people that you can't even. No. Count, that's why we call him Saint Bernard. But you, you guys worked together, and and you went. What, what was it? Thirteen? You went in Hall of Fame or fifteen? That's uh, what I can't see. That's that's one of the plaques. Up yeah. There. Is that thirteen? 
I think my eyes are yeah, so I can't. bad anymore. Yeah. 13, I think. So you went, you went in the year, that, that was Pat Carney's last. Well, I went in as a uh, contributor, contributor and, not and, as an athlete. <laughs> no, but you went in, and, and part of the, I mean, you coached a lot. Yeah. You coached uh, youth sports and stuff, but the the clincher was your work with Bernie at the KC. Yeah. Because you guys, you went through and put up in fact, we're, thousands of uh, pictures. We're, we're, we have a close friend in Anaconda who's struggling right now, and Bernie called me just before you arrived. And we're headed over there at one o'clock today just oh, to yeah. go see how he's doing. But that's that's typical Bernie. Yeah. You know, you know. yeah. He's he's a very special guy. I, I I don't think the KC would be in existence. No, probably I, not. No, but uh, you know, through the fifty club and everything else, you know, I yeah. I, I I help him primarily with the pictures, and then we have the database of the fifty club, and then we do the mailings and. All that kind of stuff. I don't do a lot of the grunt work that Bernie does. Yeah. He has that group of Frankie O'Connor and uh, Hoagie and all those guys that help him a lot do yeah. things. But you know, back in our days, the KC was the was the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. We used yeah. to go up there every Saturday and have games. And yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. So. And uh, so, so you go you go in the Hall of Fame in thirteen. And that was Pac. So Josh Paffos was in your class, right? Yeah, I think so. I'd, and, I'd have to look. Yeah. And uh, so Pat Carney passes away a little more than a year after that. And a lot of us, I, I wonder what's going to happen with the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, because you you're, you're still running it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I, you told me you wanted to meet with me. I thought you were talking about a story, and I, I already had my excuse in my head why I, I couldn't be on the committee. I didn't have the time to be on the committee. And I knew I was in trouble when Don Peoples sat down, and you guys asked me to be the executive director. Yeah. <laughs> and Mickey was there, I think, too. Yeah, Mick, Mick Delaney, Delaney yeah. yeah. So I, I knew I'd been sitting down with you, Mick Delaney, and Don Peoples. And I could say no to you, probably. Maybe maybe I could say no to Mick. Not to There's Don. no way I could say no to Don Peoples. <laughs> no, and, and uh, I think... <laughs> Well, I think it was more Mick that was pushing it, to be honest with yeah. you, of the three that you mentioned. And, uh, you know, and, and I I was fortunate enough to work a lot a lot with Pat Carney. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know a guy that, I don't think the guy ever slept more than no. two or three hours. You yeah, know? he was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what the future of the Hall of Fame is, but it's still a special organization. Yeah. Well, and I think, but you were part of that group that stepped in and put that together in 15 because you guys it was 2016 when you guys got together with me mm -hmm. but you guys put that class together and i know it was you know jim mccarthy was of course he's worth his weight in gold for the stuff that oh he my does God, yeah, for sure. uh, so jim and 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 you you guys did a lot to mm -hmm. keep that going because that could have went away that was for the sure. time when it could have went away but i think you you guys deserve a ton of credit for preserving it well it's nice of you to bring that up because it, it's a special Hall of Fame. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And uh, I mean, uh, Carney's philosophy was that they, which Hall of Fame is it that the pros have? The, he always said they pattern that. The, yeah, the baseball is it the baseball Hall of Fame. Maybe or? one of the big national Hall of Fames. Yeah, I think I think it was the baseball because it's kind of the the veterans committee voting and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know, he thinks they patterned. That Hall of Fame after the Butte Sports yeah. Hall of Fame. Well, I think he thinks they he thought they the Masters stole the green jackets from Maybe, the Butte Sports yeah. Hall of Fame too. <laughs> I mean, and and you know we, 
Yeah, and I and I loved working, you know, I, uh, on that Hall of Fame yeah. stuff because it was such a upbeat night and everything else. But yeah, I don't know, you know, what the what would you think of what uh, what's the future of it? I think I think it's pretty strong, you know, yeah, as long strong. as long as I can survive. But uh, yeah, we got our public forum Tuesday night, which I, I scheduled it for Monday night. I, I checked every schedule around check butte high central tech made sure nothing's going on i didn't check the national the championship, championship. game schedule so <laughs> we had to move it back a day and which that a lot of people are going to uh central's game in frenchtown that night oh, so okay. i so i have some videos some people some of the central uh fans that want to do videos you know and i'll let anybody send a video in they can't make the public forum yeah i know i got a uh an email from uh, greg rickman yeah on john Rick and he Lynn. and he's on the veterans committee or veterans list this year. Great. So you, uh, I, I could have saved my, I could have saved the, I mailed him out the other night. I could have saved myself a stamp and just brought you your ballot today. But yeah, uh, yeah so that, that you should be getting that here any day. Yeah, I'm glad that it, it still exists. And you know, I mean, a lot of the ones Don and Mick are both. You know, I'm probably the, of the of the ones that met with you are probably in the best of shape health-wise, yeah. you know, but, you know, that everybody thought it would disappear when Pat died. And, yeah. Uh, but it seemed, you know, I know that it's hard to, there's a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes, and you well know yeah. that for sure. Yeah, there's a lot. And, of course, the one one per, or two, two people I know I, I couldn't do without is uh, Eddie. Walker oh, yeah, the, uh, and Pat Lee. Pat Lee, oh yeah. They do so two. much. They do. And uh, well, and, and, and Eddie makes sure I do my stuff too because yeah. she's always on me. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, God yeah. forbid, he'll probably knock on, knock on my door tomorrow, but I hope Pat Foley doesn't come to the... Uh, the public forum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell him it's on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell, tell him it was last Monday or yeah. something. And I want to have him on the, the my podcast because I uh, earlier this week I had Pat Prendergast. Oh, okay. You know, he coached the 84 Maroons. I want to have the coach of the 84 Bulldogs. Somehow Pat was at the funeral yesterday, and I don't know his ties to... Really? Well, he, he went on. I remember Connie Kinney signaled to me when he was talking at... Uh, the last public forum we had because we had it was all virtual for covid okay and she's given me the signal to give him the hook because <laughs> well, he big, went on and the on the biggest and on. hurt and i can i know he won't get mad for me doing this but the biggest hook that i kevin markovich was ready to kill oh yeah you, you were you at that no one? i wasn't at that one. Oh, if, if and bert markovich had yeah. good reason to do what he did yeah but he he talked about every one of his friends that yeah. had come to the induction ceremony. Yeah. And and Kevin was pacing in the hallways going like this. And <laughs> I've heard, I heard about that, and that's why we do the, the interviews now. Yeah, of the and Ron does a great job. Well, because Pat that. used to, he would take, he would ask people for their speeches ahead of time, and he would cut it down. Oh, for sure. He would just mark it down and, and, and give it to them. And I, I, I can't do And he would cut people off at the public forum. We asked people to keep it to three minutes. Yeah. Which really you can say it a lot in three minutes, yeah. you know. But the first time I do it, the first public forum, Sonny Holland's the first guy to go, and he goes like eight minutes. Yeah. And how am I going to tell Sonny Holland to shut up? I know. <laughs> I mean, because anything, you, every word he says is you want to listen to. For that, one thing, that puts you in a horrible. Yeah, and then Coach Mack, he goes long. Who, who's going to tell John McElroy to stop? I know. You know? And there's they, no way. 
Jim and, Street, same and, thing, yeah. In defense of Bert, he he wanted to acknowledge all his friends. Yeah, it wasn't there. about him. It no, was about it, his friends. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. And, yeah. and, and and so there were good reasons, but I'm I think what you you know the way it works right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it works with Ron. Can ask him okay. a few pointing, pointing questions and stuff like that. Yeah, we're, now we're 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 out of there when by ten the, o'clock. Where where is what where is the, the open the open forum? The the forums at the McQueen Club. Oh, yeah. which not the original McQueen Club, otherwise. No, no, we no. can't get up there. But we're at the McQueen Club at eight o'clock on. You know, there's Tuesday. a lot of of memorabilia of McQueen downstairs in the McQueen Club. Is there? Club. Be uh, cool Jerry. To see Jerry Hogan. Yeah, Jerry Hogan. Yeah, he just passed a few. Yeah, earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, he he took me down there one day and showed me a guy. bunch of stuff. You know that, but you know every time I like I'm with Mick a lot and and other people and we start talking about Holy Savior and McQueen, they won't admit that there was ever an athlete to come out of that. <laughs> Which that's why <laughs> they, that's why they buried the church. That's, that's the real reason. They, that's the only reason they uh, they did it. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's great. Well, Jim, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank that you. That was for, uh, it was fun. I didn't know what sure what we could talk about, but we talked about a lot of good yeah. things. Having me. you do a great job. I told you that before. You know, it, it's it. We go back and forth to hell in a lot. You know, uh -huh. but uh, we drove to Texas for Thanksgiving, and I bet you we listened to. You know, the thing I listened to Mick Dennehy and Mick Delaney. Back to back. Oh, you got the mix back to. <laughs> yeah, and I swear to God, they they think exactly the same. They talk yeah. the same. They 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 do everything. Yeah, more the same. more than just the first name. No, not yeah. and you try to veer them off into certain directions and yeah. things, but there yeah. are coaches. Well, and you're the third Michelotti. Yeah. That I've had, and another uh, and Gina Evans, who's related to the Michelottis, right. uh -huh. she suggested Maria. Yeah, as, as a guest and and Megan would be a great I mean there's a, the Michelotti's they're they're interesting people and I think Maria she's one of the top five favorite athletes I that I ever covered as a sports writer yeah because she was so tough as I always thought if she was a boy you'd I'd have two more state football championships well and you know the other thing is if she if they'd have had wrestling when she was <laughs> oh she did. Margie always said thank God they didn't have <laughs> wrestling when yeah. Maria was because she, of all our grandkids, she's the most physical. She yeah. plays rugby now. Yeah. I don't know if you knew yeah, that. Yeah, she was playing at, at Montana State, and then she was down in Colorado. Is that what yeah, and, and 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 she's doing very well in PA school, you know, yeah. not to, to add to that. But yeah. with with all the, you know, with all with all the athletes we've had, yeah, if, if we were... She was the toughest. Oh, my God, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Kev, uh, Moose's son, Patrice coached soccer oh yeah kevin you know, yeah kevin and he got on her case in a game in great falls <laughs> that she was not doing very good as the goalie yeah after the game she had 14 stitches in her knee i yeah and it just cut it open oh it was terrible yeah and she still played <laughs> and he felt terrible yeah. after <laughs> yeah. getting on her and but she wouldn't come out and she was useless yeah. i think but yeah well I, like i say uh I enjoy your podcasts, and I haven't. What are you up to? About a hundred and. I think this is one fifty nine. Fifty nine, yeah. Really? I mean, and you focused. Curtis screw up at this house. Yeah, I'm not kidding. That's why I've had way too many McKinley kids. I've realized over the years. Yeah. Over and, the last uh, year and a half, I suppose. Bart Black 
yeah. We, he used to travel with us all the time. Was he in the neighborhood, kid, Bart? Well, him and John were in that AP program. Oh, okay. So the, they were the Alpos. And yeah. Jackie and uh I was in Steve. the opposite of the Alpo program because I did third grade <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah, Connie Kenny wouldn't let couldn't figure out why. If you if well, you know uh, Riley pretty well. Yeah, I think, through the sports. Yeah, she's awesome. You don't know her sister Jay is the one that we that I was talking about. Yeah, I remember when she and played. She's a good athlete. Yeah, because didn't she golf and play softball at Carroll? Yeah. yeah, but she won't admit it. She always says Riley's better than I am. Well, Riley was really Riley. I think had the, was the one who scored more points in basketball. Yeah. Well, anyway. Because I think she scored 1,000 points. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I know I, this is turning into <laughs> one of the longer yeah. podcasts, but I appreciate being yeah. asked. And, and then we talked about, you know, my, my main concern, where you know where it is right now, it's with the the uh, Dublin Gulch and all yeah. that. And yeah. Because lots of times they'll ask, well, how come you're – Speaking, you're not even Irish. Yeah, yeah. you're you're the you're the one Italian in the in the yeah. Dublin Gulch group that that well, and we and you did a lot and you, you helped us. Uh, well, for the for the time being, you helped us save at least the heart of the Dublin Gulch because they had that map where they showed us yeah. what they was the Dublin Gulch, and I think the people who lived in Dublin Gulch would say no, it was a lot bigger than that because they said they won't they won't dump in there, but I, I don't I don't want them dumping anywhere up there. Well, and I don't know how you manage your your podcasts with your current you know political yeah ambitions. i try to keep i try to keep a the politics part you know the yeah the and, you, and, you, the, and the, you've got to feed your family that's for yeah. sure that's like yeah. it's, it's no different than us going to a carol tech game and yeah uh, <laughs> and then wondering yeah. why everybody wonders why you're even there yeah and i'm sure there are people saying are you i don people's one time came to me and wanted me to run for chief executive oh really and, and a lot of people don't know that and I, I, I thought about it, but uh, I thought, no. You know. <laughs> You're smart enough to say no. No. Well, thank you for everything you do, Don. Yeah. Uh, Billy, that's for sure. All right. Well, th thanks again, Jim. And okay. uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun for sure.